0: What's up, legends? Today, I catch up with longtime Cub Melbourne member, Peter Gatt, good friend of mine. Pete is the co-founder and chief growth officer of Hava, a technology company that does cloud architectural monitoring. Pete is the ultimate. Technology entrepreneur. This guy started coding at the age of seven. He has had successful technology exits, doing very well for himself. He's become an investor and he's also a serial entrepreneur, having started Harvard, uh, another technology business. Um, Me and Peter had a great discussion, all things technology, teams, startup life cycles. We spoke about how to successfully exit your company. Three pillars needed to keep your staff, particularly in the technology business, how to merge cultures, and how to manage those golden handcuffs you get when you sell. Pete is an expert in the life cycle of a technology business. Enjoy the show. So what are you focusing on now, my friend? Because you keep... Switching things,
1: yeah, I, I I do switch a lot. Um, I think the key one at the moment, and I'm kind of even wearing a t-shirt, is um, Harvard. I love
0: that. That's how you know you're a star. Yeah. That's what I'm doing that's lately. Got Harvard. Uh, sorry, I've got I've got bowler t-shirts, and now we've got all the cub team in cub t-shirts. You have to. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that means you're a founder.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's why I pulled the t-shirt out of the closet as well. Like you know, um, it's it's been sitting now. Got a few different colours. I went with uh, something other than black, which was the normal Melbourne me. Um, But yeah, focusing on Harvard and and more aligned to the, I've always been a tech nerd, I've been for like 20 years, but definitely more aligned to what I've probably done more over in the last five to 10 years, which is on the sales side. So um, doing the chief growth officer thing. I was a founder of Harvard, so one of the, you know, the two of us kind of built it alongside a services company. And Uh, What does Harvard do? Um, Yeah, so I almost, it's a bit difficult to explain, um, I guess, outside of the IT um, sort of area, but inside, in general we produce really beautiful documentation for all the uh, cloud environments that are out there today. Um, so one of the things that we did back in the day was a thing called DevOps, where we uh, automated building all these cloud environments, like build everything in the cloud whenever you want. It's really fast. And, all, and, and what we ended up doing was we ended up um, getting rid of the architect, the designs up front, all that stuff went away. And more recently, people found out that that's actually really important when they're trying to understand security, which is a big topic today, yeah? Like, are we secure? Who's changing what? What's happening? Um, and so, Harvard actually instantaneously documents all of your designs and architectures for what you've built and automated um, and also has a bit of a monitor to tell you the architecture changed. And so, basically, way to say it is, like, you know, um, has a new kind of hole been opened up where someone can come and attack our systems? Who did that? Um, and it gives you that information on a diagram really quickly so you can go, oh, this is how it relates to something.
0: So so when it... For spastics like me <laughs> in technology, even though I now have a technology company. <laughs> but, it's always but, a way. But, so when you build something, so yep. let's say like I, I developed the news feed screen yep. or whatever it may be. Now, your technology then identifies that screen. Okay. This is what it should be like. If someone changes that or makes an edit or or breaks in or does something, your system will say something's changed. Yeah. So
1: so you probably run that and host that environment probably in the cloud. Yeah. So you probably use I wouldn't even know. And most of the time you don't. So the 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 engineering team who does know, um, when you release that new feature, yeah, you probably also say we need to be able to communicate like this or there's an API. You probably heard some of those things, yeah, Mm -hmm. and you've opened it up for that feature. So when your engineering team does that, if they weren't intending to do that or in a non-prod, you know, sort of like a test environment or something, hence like what happened with like uh, some of the other companies that were recently hacked. Yeah. Um, you'll get an alert telling you this is now open. Here's how the environment changed. And your engineering team goes, well, did we, is that intended? Do you know, were we supposed to do that? And so Harper gives you that information straight up right Okay.
0: So it's, it's very much a
1: security platform. It's, it's one of its functions. Um, so we, we, I'd say its biggest thing is just if you ever go into these companies, they have zero documentation, yeah? Of (laughs) of what's built. Of anything, yeah. Like you just go, how does this work? And everyone goes, I'll start drawing on a whiteboard. Actually, I built Harvard because I was drawing so often on a whiteboard and I'm crap at it, yeah? And so everyone said, you're really – Stop. Yeah. And I went, well, then I'll build a tool that does it. And now there's a whole company.
0: Okay. And (laughs) and what was the, I mean, that's always a great way to start a company is to find a better way of doing something that you currently do or solve a problem that you have that you probably assume other people have too.
1: Yeah. I think the mantra I've lived by is automate myself out of a job. Yeah. Like And and everyone's always kind of scared of that. They're worried about the next job, next career. I'm like... No, I, I get bored really quickly with this stuff. I'm, I don't want to do it a thousand times. I'll automate it. And so Harvard was just one of the ones where I went, Hey, I think a lot of people have this problem. Um, and yeah, and I think a lot of the companies and anything I've ever invested in or, or worked on has got that, that mantra about it is that automation mantra.
0: No, I really love that too. I mean, as a business owner, that's not scary. It's kind of the goal, but, but as a employee, I could see how some in some environments people could be scared of that. Yeah, but but it's it's just not at all the case because as an owner, when you find someone <laughs> who they've just they've they're delivering their intended value without even having to be there anymore, you're like, this is amazing. I'm getting I'm getting two people for the price of one. You're doing you fix that job. That, that's what you don't even need to be there, and now you can focus on something perhaps even more important. That's the whole point. That's, I think
1: people forget that you
0: want. The employees to go up the stack, yeah. yeah. And you want to invest in
1: your staff, yeah. yeah. You don't if you, if they just keep doing the same thing. Then you go, can I find a bot that does this, yeah? Like, and then you're replaceable. So, uh, I think earlier on in my career, one of the first um, uh, kind of managers I had, she turned around to me when I want to, you know, um, hold on to a, one of my job roles, she, and I said to her, go, no, I don't want to give that away. And she looked at me, and she goes, that's great. That's called a shackle around your foot, yeah. Like, and basically, you can have this same job. No promotion, no extra money for the rest of your life. And I went, <laughs> I am going to automate that and give it to that person. He goes, That's
0: right. And Please I'm, give me the key. <laughs> and
1: that has helped me my whole career. Her one conversation of that shackle around the leg, I'm like, Get rid of the shackle, move up. Yeah.
0: It's amazing how you remember those little snippets. <laughs> yeah, you you know, do, this, yeah. There's these mentors and things that come in your life. Yeah. You just remember things they said. What was the company that you first, when you, how long did you join CUB? It's got to be uh, a lot of years now. Five years. Yeah. What was the company at that point? I can't even remember.
1: Yeah, we had a company uh, consultancy called Vibrato. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vibrato was very much all around, actually, automation. <laughs> yeah. And helping people automate those. Um, <laughs> You're a very vit- lazy person. Very lazy. <laughs> I I'll, Can I tell a story? I know we're talking yeah, about Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you the level of lazy. When I started my career, I purposely built an actual automation platform to go and do my job, which was to basically reformat people's computers at RMIT. Yeah. That's when I got the job at the RMIT. My boss came back to me after about six months. He goes, sorry, man, I can see what you're doing here. You're watching Sopranos. That's all you're doing. I'm seeing popcorn machines. I'm seeing all the rest but And I just got someone tell me that you don't actually do any work. You hand him a disc and then you walk away. I'm like, yeah. And I explained to him what I'd built. And he's like, we've just been paying you for nothing. I'm like, no, 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 the job's done. Yeah, As far as I'm concerned, the work's like, you still pay I me. Mean, I just built the auto. He goes, can you do some more productive work now? I'm like, all right, I'm almost finished Soprano. So for the first six months of my first career, first job, thank you, John, if he ever watches this and I should send him it, was, yeah, he was me basically watching Sopranos. <laughs> you automated your own job.
0: <laughs> right up front. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And, and
1: so Vibrato, yeah. what did
0: it What did it actually do? Yeah, Could- so
1: Vibrato was, um, we kind of pioneered the term DevOps and DevOps is really, It's just a cultural movement of um, development teams, infrastructure teams, operational teams, um, talking with each other and making sure that you go from idea to production as fast and safely as possible in any organization, yeah? So um, I want to get code out fast. So when you're building your app, if someone's done really good practice in your engineering teams and they have DevOps, then it's likely they'll release features faster and you get money faster into the business because you have that. So that was the whole premise of the business. Um, It sold to uh, Servian uh, about one and a half years, I think, into CUB. Yeah, so like on a dot of a five-year kind of plan and, and sold to, to Serbian. Uh, and then um, Serbian sold to Cognizant. So I went there as a partner um, and brought in a couple more members actually into I know, because <laughs> then
0: Serbian joined CUB. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Luke a few, yeah, Serbian <laughs> joined CUB. Yeah. Great Luke.
1: Um, And then we went to, it got bought out by, by Cognizant. Um, and that's why I went up to Queensland and helped build um, the office up there and then did that for about a year and then uh, realised I need to, go and do
0: more things it's (laughs) an interesting thing and i want to talk later more uh, about you know selling being purchased and and that experience but but just um like the concept of helping tech companies develop faster that it, it, it it when i speak to tech people like yourself the most similar other people i speak to and i don't know if anyone's made this connection before but the most similar issues and systems and things that I speak to from developers in, in tech is dev- like build developers that build buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's all about timing, yeah. speed, efficiency. Like um, the problem here creates a problem over here, um, and and I actually relate to the speed of uh, speed of development. So I, I can see why. Uh, um, um, uh, fuck, forgot the name Favello. Fibrato? Fibrato. For, for no, <laughs> Sorry. You can imagine how that name went, yeah, yeah for five years. <laughs> well, that was pretty good for Velo. No, no, no. Uh, that random was six years yeah. People came to the website for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but, uh, but, um. anyway, it, the one of the biggest things that slow you down as a technology company and as a startup is your speed from idea to actually having the product in people's hands. It's so critical. Yeah. yeah. And, and and the fact that you created something that sped that up and assisted that process, I can already see how that would be. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you
1: experience it straight away. And and the likening to the kind of yeah, building industry, which at the moment is just all sorts of interesting. Um, but, but again, speed, yeah, speed is, is
0: their is there enemy. If but it's also supply. Slide, so it's yeah, no different to
1: a- having, you know, like, you know, trades people and all the rest of it and there's a supply demand. We've got the exact same thing in the technology space, yeah, like having developers. Actually, that that's moving right now and we part of one of the communities we have at Cup here, yeah, the technology community in doing that, we had that uh, vivid chat last week which is very much around um, investing in your people. Uh, there's a lot of movement now. It used to be impossible to get them. Now there's a lot more people coming onto the market. There's been lots of layoffs lots of you know oh, tell me about
0: happening. that so so the uh, technology community cup got together and had a discussion yeah. on that topic
1: oh we actually had a, a discussion more around sort of cost optimization so we're coming into not coming into we're well and truly in an interesting environment yeah from an economic position
0: particularly for the tech space yeah so
1: it's it's very interesting so we're talking about ways that people should be saving money and uh, and also how to get capital to improve projects that you're working on and one of the things that came out was invest in your people and it was really weird that that's how they are how it popped up is because you the concept was there's a lot of people who just don't invest in their people and then they leave and then they're paying recruiters, they're replacing their staff, the knowledge just keeps walking out the door. And one of the things that came out of that was uh, we need to invest in that knowledge and keep the people there. Um, it's not dissim- like dissimilar we see in the kind of building industry right now is that they just keep moving to whatever the work is.
0: Yeah, yeah and no one's committed to the project and entire, so people's actually there. <laughs> it's a sickness. It's a sickness. Mm. I actually've noticed it with the job ads coming through. So, you know, we're recruiting uh, p- uh, product designers, product managers and whatnot. And uh this for for, for de- dev team. Yeah. Um um and uh, I'm looking at the resumes. I love I've never seen anything like it. They have six jobs over two year periods. You know, it's amazing. It's yep. it's a sickness because not only is that bad for the company, but it's actually bad for that person. That person isn't growing or evolving in any of the companies they're going to, hence they're moving. Yeah. If they actually felt like they were becoming a better person, they would stay. Yeah. So I really think the big I mean, my mission being in technology is going to be very much to to transfer the culture um and the kind of Team structure and thing that we have at cub, or which a lot of companies had um, have um, a lot of great teams have anyway, and put that into the tech world because it must be missing it. Yeah, because yeah. everybody moves jobs too much.
1: It's I th- absurd. It was, I think the key thing that came about it was the it was so lucrative. So when I was coming through contracting, going back even like go to ten years ago. I would move every year. The only way to kind of really get a good promotion and salary rise was to do it, you know, yearly, like just go to the next job, go to the next job. Um, over the last three years, and especially actually even with COVID, that turned into every three months, like you're saying for people. Yeah, every three to six months, the job offers in it's if you saw someone it's like some of the like employees will show you, here's all the recruiters who are talking to me right now with like 50 tabs on their screen from LinkedIn but, and recruiters. recruiters are horrible yeah. because recruiters <laughs> no, love them they're, they're also saying to
0: the <laughs> to the to the employees they're saying oh you only paid 120,000. I can get you a job for 160 yeah. you know like you should be you should be coming with me they don't even know if they can they're just whatever no, I mean, and then they're inflating the price of the jobs as well so yeah. everyone's just inflating these price of jobs and then bang and here we are bit of fear and you everyone gets fired yeah I've then, said I don't know how many times I've said that in every episode for the past six episodes <laughs> but yep. but it's because I'm always right you have to be financially responsible with, with your employees. You have to pay people what makes economic sense, financial sense, sorry, for your business and the role that they contribute.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just the hard thing in the IT world was there's such, just like in the building industry, such massive demand to grow that you had to have the people. So people just started going, ah, we have to pay that. We have to, I found myself saying, we have to pay that. And just, I mean, you look at some of the recruitment fees that were going back at least even a year ago, 35,000. Uh, every time they do it for a person. Oh my god! Yeah. So I got to the point. I'm like, I hired a recruiter in Vibrato because uh, after a year of doing it, after three hires, you made well have like, one. Three oh, hires. I'm like, your yeah. perm. I'm going to that person. Yeah, yeah, that's what we it's did. It's cheaper. So,
0: yeah. And it, but, you know another trap, and it is hard because it's hard to we, when the market moves up, you almost have to have to um, buy into that. Like you have you to have, move because yeah, you have to go in ways the market. Otherwise, they don't come. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and and I think like one thing that technology sadly falls into is that a lot of people are like, oh well, you know, I'm a developer or I'm a whatever. I can really just do my job from wherever. I can do my job from home. I don't really need to speak to anyone. <laughs> and and while that is true, yes, you can do your job from wherever. That is not what makes human beings happy. What makes human beings happy and what makes you what makes it more than just a job, more than just an action, whereas I'm being paid for X so I deliver X. What makes it more is community yeah, is the people and and when you send everyone home to go work from home they don't care about the community. They have no friends at work. They couldn't care. They never see their boss anyway. The second someone pays them $10 more, I may as well do that because I can still sit here and I just get $10 extra. Yeah. So so you've got to bring them into the office and create bonds. Bonds are what people hate leaving communities that they love I and feel connected could to. Not, could not <coughs>
1: absolutely agree. One of the things we brought on straight away is that the recruiter we had even in Vibrato and in other businesses where it's really worked well is they're actually the community manager. Yeah. So they're actually hiring, but the whole idea is to build the community. So even if they're bringing a person in, you're adding someone to the community. You're not hiring someone.
0: love that. That, that's that That's
1: how we ran with it. And the interesting thing, though, <laughs> is I'm going to say it, nerds, yeah, and um, I feel like I'm allowed to say it and I feel post-technical these days, but um, the introvertness, yeah. So my wife used to refer to me, she still does, like king of nerds because I'll actually go out and speak to people. Yeah?
0: Mm. You, you, can you can communicate normal language. language yeah. <laughs> so a lot, a, lot of the,
1: a lot of the nerds, I'll say this, and people that, you know, would employ, if you said to them, you do not have to talk to another person ever for the next five years, that's the community if you want, yeah? and they're like, thank you. And then they pump out the best work and
0: they're happy that what you gave them was a wall to <laughs> not have to P- spend. So, potentially, so, potentially yeah. but it, you could be giving them, when people are comfortable, they're not growing. No, no And no, I would it. argue if I had a, a, for a brother or a cousin or a, someone mm. that I cared about, a team member who wasn't comfortable making friends or communicating or being around people, I would really work with that person on that. I would really try to encourage I, I would, I would yeah. I would bond with them first. Yeah, yeah. I would get them to bond with. I'd take them to lunch and when they feel that feeling, when you have a lunch with your friends, people people you're liking you, everyone's getting along, everyone cares about you. When that person gets love, they're not leaving. People yeah. can't leave love. People what, love acceptance.
1: You're hundred percent right. Like what we noticed as well, we always built that, like I said, that community thing. But what I've always <clears throat> noticed over the years is if you to your point, it yes, there's money and you always looking at the barrier to exit, right? So it's like there's barrier to entry, there's barrier to exit on, on the staff and, and that retention. And a huge one is, um, do you love your boss? It's a big one, right? Straight away. Like, do you actually care about, so do you love your boss? Do you care about, do you have a mission in front of you? Not make money, not the app has to really good to make money. Are you what building are you something? Doing? Are you building something? Do you Are you linked to that and to the mission? And are you linked to the people around you? Because it's really hard to leave that. Yeah, it's relationships. How do you break up with those people? So it's not that they won't, but it, and it's not so much that you're trying to make it hard. The whole point is you're trying to foster you make an environment. It yeah, you're fostering Hard environment because I made it so good, yeah, you don't want to like, leave. Yeah, we, when we had people tell us, look, you know, I was offered 20 grand more. I'm, I'm going to stick around for at least another six months here, but just a heads up, I, I was, and I want to tell you that. But I love what I'm doing, but the market is changing. They were the best, and we had such good you know, tenure with people in, in, in the companies, and in Harvard today as well. Like, people have been there seven years. I just so. want to
0: repeat that. The three things that you should do to keep – uh, to keep team members from moving particularly in technology companies but also applicable to others is great boss yeah <laughs> great mission so have a aligned mission. A mission yeah. and great relationships with yep. the team those are the three yes. essential pillars of 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 not losing people <laughs> well, I, I think
1: they're the ones outside of it and i will say it they're often the ones that are just outside of the give me money yeah like that's the thing you're giving him purpose you're giving him Something outside of the give me money
0: and money is the devil because <laughs> because people think it's the most important thing yeah. and and they're told it's the most important thing and especially they see online they see the pictures and the holidays and oh my god why don't I have that I'm smarter than that person I should be able to do that too they're all unhappy first of all let me tell you when you look at Instagram and everyone's on holiday that, trust me it's something they're wrong. putting they're, it up because they're fucked, <laughs> yeah they're, they're the most depressed people I ever seen do in, I put in my stuff life on Instagram no I know but, okay. <laughs> yeah. but 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 it, it, it's, it, money's forgotten quickly. When you give someone a raise, and I learned this sh- at the very start of oh, my ugh, career, you yeah. give someone a raise, they forget it in two weeks. It's yeah, 100%. gone. It, they, they're equally as broke as they were two weeks ago anyway. They've, they've just increased their spend. Yep, yep. they've so, moved to
1: a new lifestyle that yeah. now
0: expects that money. Exactly. Yep, so they're gone. always <laughs> going to be broke. Yep. It does not matter. Like they're going to be broke all the time. It's about making sure that they're enjoying the journey though yeah. and that, they're, that they're, their level of their, – their, their brokenness – is still increasing their lifestyle. So yeah. while your lifestyle goes up because you're earning more money, you're still broke because you're still going to spend it <laughs> all. Yeah, 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 Most people I'm obviously talking yeah, about, 99% yeah, yeah, yeah. people. You, you, but, you, but, you're, but you're growing not just financially, you're also growing in other ways yeah. as a person, with relationships, with what you're building in your life's work. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. All
1: and, and it's those missions. But, I mean, it also comes with education. So one of the big things we were putting there is an education plan, investing in that person's growth which isn't just money. And I used to say to people, look, I'm actually giving you this education over the next two years. And so therefore, um, I'm actually giving you a multiplier. When you do go, you are going to get a better pay rise, but it will stay. Yeah. Like the skills that you'll learn through doing this and sticking around, you'll be able to continue to use them and build upon it. Not just the whimsical, someone gave you 20 K and you left. Yeah. And you now have that ability. So. And,
0: and, and I really do believe that business is a vehicle and, and, or, or you can say bus, but it sounds a bit shit like <laughs> a limo. Business is a limo. And it takes people from point A to whichever point they're supposed to stay on, to B, C, D, whatever yep. it may be. Um, some people are in it for the long run. That's fantastic. But it is fine to have some people there from point B to D. That's fine. Or C, D. Yep. Because as long as when they leave, they're better off for having been there and they spread that word that it you know they're better off and, and and, and yeah. that's what's important so it's imp- it's important to remember that people leave that's part of life yeah yeah but but that it was a mutually beneficial relationship and that we're both better off and than being there is 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 crucial 100% agree yeah and so do, how did you get into tech were you always a, like did you, did you code do you, <laughs> what were you like when you were uh, a kid
1: yeah no, that's a good question it's i started coding at the age of 7 um, so uh About I probably, late. Yeah, I know. You laugh, but I'm looking at my son now. He's, he's four and a half. And, and I say to my wife, I think even last week, saying, So we've got to get him going. She's like, Anyway. This so, dude can already yeah. construct an yeah. iPad. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he should be a robotic engineer. But anyway, <laughs> so um, so it started there. And we had, I think my dad kind of had every kind of, we had no money. We were poor as. Um, but the only place my parents put money was to ensure we had the next computer as it came out. So they conceded on so many other things, but that was a huge thing for us. Um, So as soon as each computer came out, I started coding. And I think at the age of 12, I built my first uh, computer game that I distributed. So I I cassette tape, recorded cassette tapes, because that's how you did it back then. It was literally cassette tapes. And I went around the neighborhood trying to sell it. And the reason I did that is my dad said, if you do not turn this into something, you're not allowed to be on the computers anymore. I went, I'm in. Yeah, I've got this. Um, he still sat me down when I said I was going to do IT. Yeah, like going through year twelve, and he and my brother sat me down and said, "There's no money in IT." It's but th- I now have the Gat family trust. I bought him a car. He loves it. Um, so I won that one. Yeah, I feel bad. Touche, uh, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I do. Every time he's still to this day, he he still says, "So when are you getting a real job?" <laughs> Not even. I mean, it's all ethnic people, to be fair. Yeah, I'll just say that. And it's funny. Where are your parents from? uh, Maltese and Italian.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
1: So dad actually came across on the boat with the one shoe. Wait, (laughs) no, he had both shoes. (laughs) He's actually Um, that guy. (laughs) He's actually, he's 100% that guy. Very short Maltese guy. And yeah. Um, Yeah, but, and, you know, having that kind of, having that piece happen where um, they drove me, like, you know, driving to do that sort of technology thing. It was a very big thing of, there's no money in this, it's all computer games. It was all that view. If you go back, yeah,
0: over like 30, 40 years
1: ago, I'm old, but yeah.
0: But it's interesting that they had that foresight mm. as to, well, we need to invest to give our children the best opportunity possible. We need to invest money into computers. I think my dad just loved new computers. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm> kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such an incredible… Yeah. Uh, inc- oh, it yeah, was good. Yeah. yeah. You forget, like, particularly, you know, when people uh, achieve things and get successful, you've got to always humble yourself and remember, like, you know, you also get got lucky there were things and people that happened in your life that made, that made it possible for you to do things. You know, it's yeah. it's not just you with this special person that magically came out of nowhere and did it. Uh, you know, you could come from a poor family, you could come from a rich family, whatever it is, but somewhere someone has given you the opportunity or given you something, yeah. uh, the drive to, to, to do what you've done. Yeah.
1: I think the only other thing that sort of amplified it was, uh, I hacked, um, my, into my high school. Um, so I managed to like pull out grades and all kinds of stuff and, um, the only reason I got caught I'm pretty, is because I wanted to be—I'm pretty sure—to be like, "Ha, I did this," and then no one noticed. And I went, "Okay, I really need people." To, yeah, it was—it was really weird. I'm like, "I need you to all know that I was successfully able to hack these
0: systems." I'm a genius. Yeah, <laughs> did you're you an not idiotic. know this, and yeah. everyone
1: turned, "I'm like, that was really stupid." Yeah. So, first time I was kind of suspended from school, and then no. the only reason I wasn't um, expelled is they came back and said you can take a part-time job at the high school making sure this doesn't happen again,
0: yeah? No way. So I ended up
1: securing all the high school <laughs> systems back that's in the day. Hilarious. and That's how I had the first IT job is because I hacked it. And then I did it again at uni and that's why I got the uni job and I just – I shouldn't hack it. I never hacked anything. I
0: just realized it's all – required. I never hacked into any system ever. Would have been useful <laughs> if we were friends in high school. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I never try, cap- you wouldn't have even needed the part-time job. I would have been funding you myself. I would have, I, <laughs> yeah. I would have been doing my grades and my cousin's grades. I would have been selling grades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was ridiculously easy, but anyway, yeah. Well, easy for someone like you, for, for, for normal people like me, certainly not. Um, and so was business what you were going to get into or was it more, I just want to I want to do development, I want to jump into the workforce? Um,
1: yeah, it's actually a really good question. So uh, I'd started doing some stuff around the product space and even a consulting space with a few other groups and I realized that um, there's uh, so much more that we could do. I saw what they were doing and then I just went, I can't, I can do it better. I know it sounds a bit weird, but I looked at going, there's so many mistakes made here. Um, I remember going to a meeting once and looking at some of the ones I working in a consultancy and they said, look how good we've gone. And uh, nine of the 11 clients on the board I had brought in. And I went, "Yeah, I, I think I'm actually doing the business and I have no equity in this. And I just went, that's it, I'm studying it. And my business partner, James, I would never have done it. He, he dragged me, out so we started those companies the same day I got married so my wife's been like a bit of a sister wife to him and it's been a bit you know interesting over probably the last eight or nine years now but um that's what kind of got us into it and uh and then just from there as soon as you start I'm sure everyone will know as you start doing the business side of things it just grows you just you have to you're forced to just learn everything and then when you do you're like hey how do I apply this to other things and that's why I just kept building businesses and playing with them.
0: That's interesting because you, you were you were an expert in the tech, in the in the technology and the development side of things. You weren't an expert in the business side of yep. things. But when you start a business, I don't think it's about being in an expert. You can't be an expert in business unless you actually do it and have done it. Yeah, there yeah. are experts, uh, but they're retired. You know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they're rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the experts. Yeah. Or well, you get a lot of people who are
1: kind of like, yeah, they'll come to you as well and give you this advice. And yeah. and then you kind of sit back and after a little while you go, have you I don't think you've actually ever done this i love those yeah. people yeah I, I talk about them a lot yeah. on the show too oh, and i'm just like oh, I, and that's that's a, a big part of what i wanted to change as well i'm like nah you've got to feel that pain yeah i love talking to another that's why cub's amazing yeah you talked to i just chatted to someone who joined yesterday and he has a similar sort of consulting business it's about you know 11 or 12 people just joined cub and he said oh you know holly said it'd be really great to to chat to you about it and i just started talking about okay you're at this point okay here's all the crap that's happening yeah he's like yeah that's exactly, I'm like, yeah. I go, but you're falling into this trap, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, nah, we do this, this, this. And he goes, we got to catch up. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I'm> like, <laughs> be it's, my friend. Yeah, no, that's awesome.
0: It's just good. That's why, again, the spring, that's why community is so important. Yep. And and uh, like we're saying, when, when you go into business, you don't know how to be a good business owner. You don't even know how to be good at business. It's a question of forcing. It's like the, you're forced to, to know. And there is nothing it's like learning a new language, but there is nothing. Um, there's no better way to learn something than having to learn it. Yeah, like I, I, you, necessity. You need to learn yeah. ha, how to do it. Like Absolutely, got an option. I always say to people, necessity is the
1: mother of invention. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes force the necessity. I'm like, like, cause a problem. Everyone's yeah. like, well, I'm like, the only way you're ever going to change the attitude you've got towards that is if you actually break it. Yeah, And mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, I'm like, yeah, break that.
0: Um, it's scary. But that's why business commu- That's why. Communities. I mean, it would be important in all aspects, in all careers, but in this case, business community is so important because sometimes you just need to talk to other people who are on that same journey, you know, on that same, I guess, learning path. Um, we're learning yeah. how to do business. Yeah. Um, and even when you've got a successful business, where well, you're learning still. So you're all on this learning business path and it, it's just nice to talk to other people on the path. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You
1: know? I, one of the things, and, and I don't know, some, sorry, some of the marketing brain in me goes to this is that with with, with Cubbies, and um, I'm just sort of picking on this was, um, you know, when you're raising kids and everything else, you always say fail safely. It's a big thing that people are saying now when you've got that community of the other people around you, Cubs actually allowing you in your business growth to fail safely because mm. you're bouncing off people to go, I always say this and that's why I joined. If you recall our first conversation, I'm like, I can't, there's no one to talk up to. You can't talk down to your staff on so many matters, and if you go sideways to your wife, well, you know we all know how that goes. Or your partner, yeah, it just bring, occurs, it brings problems oh, from the work to home. You don't all, want that. All yeah. kinds. I still do it, and you know, my well, wife hates me for it. Whatever. It's great, awesome relationship. Um, and but I just think as well, it's being able to go sideways to um, you know, different people and just say, hey, I got this huge HR problem. Yeah,
0: like, what do I do? It's like, oh, we just use this group; they fix it up. You're like. Cool. That's nice. Or even mm-hmm. sometimes they say things that you don't agree with, but you're like, okay, but that's interesting that they did yeah, that way it and it worked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, yeah. I always like. I really do believe that the broader your vision, the stronger you are, and that's it with life and in business. But that the, if I know all different perspectives and how people do things in business, well, first of all, you learn that there's no one way to success. Like you can be successful in in. Any yeah, way you choose, absolutely. Yep. But the fact that you know there's all these options that you're better able to choose the one that's better for you or your business or your team, whatever, whatever it may be. I think vision, that the broadness of vision, which comes through discussion with other people yeah. on that same path.
1: Yeah, and I think I've always tried to foster um, strong opinions, loosely held. So you'll get that from business, owners, and you should. Yeah, they're very strong. They're passionate about the thing they do. But you see the really good ones; they'll say it, they'll be passionate, and then they're listening because they want to actually be challenged, and they're like,
0: ah. Oh. You're right. That Let's is, do it that, that way. Yeah, that, that is good. How often does that, that, that happen, then? Laura? We do that so much. And yeah. you say it like
1: you're 100% correct. Yeah. And then anyway, someone says something, like, ooh, yeah. You're like, that was better. That's better. All right, I'm taking that. Thank you. And then you find yourself using their stuff
0: and they look at you like, you just stole it. I'm like, shh, I pay you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so you ended up selling um, yeah. Vibrato. Um, what was that experience like? What did you learn in when it comes to uh, selling, selling a business?
1: Um, I think it's you've got to be prepared. Uh, I, I went into it. The reason why it's sort of the process even started is because someone made an offer um, and said, hey, we'd be interested. And then I went, oh, hang on. Who else would be interested? And and then obviously we ran a process and we went through and, and sold. Through that process, I think the thing we, we learned was, we, so we were not prepared. Yeah, you know, So many companies <laughs> are just, oh. so, And when I say not prepared, the business was doing ridiculously well. We had all kinds of strategies, mission, purpose. We had all of that. But then when you looked at the accounting, the stuff behind the scenes, the books, like, don't get me wrong, it was done, it was there, nothing was wrong but it just wasn't aligned to ever selling. Yeah, it just wasn't a It wasn't made pretty. You need yeah, to make it look it pretty when, when you got exactly, that. It wasn't wrapped up you know, with a bow and now doing this so often uh, in, in my career, I think it's you look at how it's not that difficult to get it wrapped up in a bow especially if you start off doing it sooner rather than later uh, even if you don't even intend to, to sell. Um, one of the other things I say to people is then you intend to acquire and I went, well, I'm like, if you're not yeah. selling, you're also not to acquire. When you go and acquire, you also get DD done on it. People need to know that you're good. So no matter what, you still need
0: to be in a position. Or, or even buy a house. Exactly. Yeah. The bank wants to look at your business. Is it growing every yeah. year or is it shrinking? Oh, you literally know, like, had that conversation. Yeah. You are your business. <laughs> Don't forget that. If your business says it's not doing well, the bank thinks you're not doing well. Yeah. Other people think you're not doing well. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, but another key thing I think um, that came through that process when selling was finding the right person and group to sell to. Um, I sold to a guy called Tony Nickel and the company Servian because Tony was crazier than me. Yeah. As a business owner who built it from scratch, uh, he's an, and I'm sorry, I'm saying it in the most respectful, loving way, mm. absolute crackpot. Yeah. in mm. his ideas and the way I did it. I'm like, and I'm like, this is great. Cause I will do this for the next however many years because he's just great. And so what do you think is so special
0: about him? Like, what do you think made him, because Servian quite a yeah. big company. It's the real deal that. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what, what do you think's his secret recipe? Um,
1: again, the people around him. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, again, being a technology company, actually it's not just a technology company. I spoke to someone the other day who said the exact same thing we have in this um, conversation is not living, losing sight of who your customer is. So serving grew to 1,000 people and Tony would still go and sit down next to a developer and co- code with them on client accounts. He'd just walk up and go, what are you working on? I'll give that a crack. In a meeting with a client, he'd be like, I'll do it. Yeah. And I, I know that's how I was. Yeah. And that's when I, when I saw him doing it, I'm like, yeah, that you can't get culture aligned that strongly. Yeah. But that's really, he's a good that leader. Again, yeah, the really good leaders, you don't, when someone comes up to you and says, oh, you know, I want to go do this. And you just go, no. And then you don't have an ex- explanation why. I love the fact that when someone said to me, you don't understand, it's really difficult. I would say, I've done every single person in this you know, company's job. I didn't just get promoted to the CEO. Like, I've done it all, yeah? So, sorry, but, yes, I do understand what you're going through. And Tony was the exact same way. And, again, if you see the different leaders out there, I think that's the thing I realized is um, you are there, you're, you know your customer, and your team knows, yeah, that you will pull up you – know, you'll roll up your sleeve and walk right in with them, yeah? And it's just such a cultural difference.
0: That's what makes an excellent leader. Yeah, exactly. Just someone who is there, is their company, be your yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. happy to do everything. Yeah. Uh, you know what it is? And I think it's a great cultural trait. It's I'll do whatever – it takes to be successful and and it when a team sees that too they're like well i am willing to do whatever it takes so the the boss is willing to do whatever they'll do anything they'll wipe the the the, the fucking clean the toilet floor it yep. doesn't the boss doesn't care the boss is here to help us achieve a goal that we all want to achieve and they're willing to do even the lowest or however you describe of work to make that possible it just inspires other people. You don't expect them to do that, but you expect them to give their role, their, their role. Yeah, exactly.
1: Know? And I think just even that, when you hear someone using the term, I'm the boss, you know, they've failed.
0: Yeah. And so true. Someone comes to me,
1: Hey boss. I'm like, please never, n- never ever use that yeah. because I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to be like that. I've, I've used like from an earlier on, if I'm doing that, i failed, yeah. It's wrong.
0: I yeah. also don't like the word employee, so I'll always yeah. say team member as Yeah, much exactly, as yeah.
1: I think employee sounds shitty. Well, that's a cultural thing. It's back to yeah. that. You're building a community, not a hierarchy, yeah? Like yeah. It's, it's a key thing, yeah.
0: And so when they bought you, I assume um, uh, you had some obligations to stick around and to do some things, or what was yeah. that process like? Yeah, we did. Um,
1: uh, so one of the good things was, oh, and you, know, you always get the kind of uh, golden handcuffs, so we had some earnouts and other bits and pieces that were there, um, but they were closed out pretty quickly because... The, the synergy was there and it was it was easy in some parts I'll say that there's obviously you know, things that occur and anyway um good the bad whatever else but on the on the overalls nothing's actually, perfect no nah, yeah, but it was no deal It's perfect but yeah just looking around and some of the things that was that was really really good um COVID happened um once we'd actually gone there so it was a bit interesting because you were trying to still blend cultures of the teams behind computer screens again the community problem was was really bad um but it went really well and like financially. Um, I left uh, Capital Inn. Um, I didn't want to. <laughs> it's so weird now when I look back. I'm like, I do not. I want all my money right now. I don't want to get any script. Uh, and then a year and a half later, um, we sold the Cognizant, yeah, Serbian did, And um, I, I, thanked, I thanked the CFO yeah. and said, You are the best. Yeah, you it's a
0: risk, it. but it it pays off. I've, when it, I've <laughs> when it's done well, hard. you're like, That was a. Touche, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a. The, the golden handcuffs, there are. They're a real thing that pretty much every entrepreneur that sells their business yeah. is going to talk about, and I mean, are there any? Because obviously you want the payout too, so, so you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. well that's my. I want the. I, I, it's it's hard to negotiate when you're the one that is going to be your life's changing. Mm. And you know, the comp this the you know the the company that's purchasing you, their life's not changing. Mm. You know, so it's hard to be in a strong negotiation, <laughs> you know, negotiation seat. How do you do that negotiation? Cause you're like, well, I really do want those millions of dollars. But I can't get them unless I have to do this for you. Oh like. Yeah, I could. I could imagine how that would be hard. The only yeah. counter you could have, well, if you don't want me, there's three other people who want to buy, it and they don't want to put that. So you either take that out, or and you could just bluff straight through oh, that. They're so. But it's harder. It, yeah. Easier. Just- Easier actor just then than actually done.
1: I think I think one of the things that was really interesting, like we we had an advisor through through that sale. Yeah. And I've helped a few other companies in terms of just helping them exactly that to kind of play the 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 kind of how do I say this? Um you're gonna have to work with them is what the advisor said. Yeah. You actually go into employment with the person you're negotiating with. Yeah. So if they get really shitty with you, how's that go when you're about to go spend the next three years with them? Yeah. It's like yeah, okay, I'll let you do the talking there. <laughs> yeah, like I'll, I'll let you say all the really bad stuff but I'm saying
0: all the really good stuff and that's that's pretty much how it goes. That's good. Um, that's a good lesson. Yeah. Yeah, have, so, have someone there to assist throughout the sale to be the bad person. To so be that the bad person. Yeah, because yeah, so, you're still going to have to be there. You no, I blame to- that
1: person so often. Yeah? Like I remember Tony calling <laughs> once. And, yeah, Tony Tony me <laughs> once going, blah, blah, and it hung up on me. And I tried to call him and he SMS me going, you need to leave me alone for 10. He was so angry. Yeah? Like, <laughs> and I went, what? The whole deal is gone here. And then as soon as I got a phone to him, I'm like, those advisors, they did that. And, so, and Tony's like, oh, I'm going to keep him out of the room. And I'm like, anyway, so <laughs> which is so yeah, some of the stuff they'd done. that pushed his buttons, but um." But no, the other, um, that's one key part. I think in terms of the golden handcuffs, yeah. in terms of what you need to look into there, you need to be happy into what you're going into. Um, it really softens whatever that golden handcuffs look like. When I went into Serbian, I was happy to be a, a partner in their business for the next two, three years because Tony was very much a had a mission. We're going to go build this together. Yeah. So I guess when you're selling, if it's purely transactional, I actually kind of hate the purely transactional ones. Yeah. Like if it's a financial one, we had a lot of offers and I've helped a lot of companies and talked to a lot of people around that where they're getting a few and it's just ugly. Yeah. Like everyone's just looking at a balance sheet. I hate it. Um, but they're there and you can make some good money in that space if you've got a pretty, you know, cash positive business. But, um, I think the key thing really is if you're happy and you're going to be there for two years, yeah, or three years and you can see yourself doing it. Then the kind of you know the earnouts, the delayed payments, the and you're like it's just something like, something cool. new to work yeah. towards. Yeah, it's just accounting after that. You just got to figure out I don't have the money yet. <laughs> what do I do until I get the money in? Just, and
0: yeah. did you celebrate once you sold? Was there like a point of like <laughs> like I've never experienced this, but was there like a, a the point account. of completion? Yeah, okay. Other than that, but was there a point? <laughs> yeah. Was there a point of like, oh, yeah, like yeah. I achieved, I did it, like yeah. I a completion point.
1: I, I think there was. I think one of the key things for me of successful. Um, exit and this, and I had three things and I stick to this when I tell people about this. Yeah. When you're exit and you're the founder, what does your career look like? Yeah. Moving forward was a key one for me. And sorry, that's more selfish one that actually came last, but still, I still need to further my career. So two to three years is a long time. This actually needs to be good for my career in general. Um, the other one is obviously money. And the third one I had was actually pretty critical was everyone, every one of the employee and people that had brought on their mission, where are they going? Is this better for them in somehow? Um, and that when, when we got past six months, I think no, actually after nine months in total of a team of about 60 people, we had two people leave and only one was because we had joined Servian.
0: Yeah. Wow. So the, is, Vibrato had 60 people at yeah. that point. So that's yeah. a substantial size company.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and for after a year for people to have stuck around that long, I went, you know what? Don't get me wrong, there's all the complaints. Oh, these that guys don't get us, they're not us, they're data, they're not. The, I'm like, yeah, all that stuff happened, and we just played with it, yeah. So, I purposely brought the battle in for fun, yeah. Like, I'd even be like, pick on them, ah, oh, those damn Serbian go-. like, yeah. who cares, yeah. Like, again, we just those Romans the- conquered, yeah, our. it really was that, yeah. Damn the northerners, anyway. Um, so, but I think the key thing there was the well, <laughs> damn not, the northerners, <laughs> yeah. Although, the head office was in Sydney, so I know you're from Sydney, I <laughs> say, like, the, the battle was real, but um, uh, yeah, but I think. Uh, After we saw that after a year, the GM and I who like and and a lot of the executive team that I had in in Vribato were really, really passionate that that had occurred. They're like, no one went. (laughs) Like all of us just went, oh, there's going to be this exodus. And they just didn't.
0: I think that just shows that you made a, 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 well, it shows that you made a great choice, but it also shows that Servian made a great choice. It was just, it was a good alignment. Like you could obviously see that this was a, these were two cultures that are going to blend well.
1: Oh, we've seen, and I've seen the exact opposite. So, no. so I've seen the exact opposite where a 250-person um, company was bought uh, and in the first year, uh, 200 of the 250 left.
0: Oh, my God.
1: In the first 12 months. I mean, after that, you got to consider, what did I buy? Well, how did you – yeah, <laughs> like, you, bought no- you, you, this, you bought nothing. What do you bought nothing. The clientele? No, yeah.
0: but, but, it, unless it's a huge database and things, but but really you need people. Otherwise, well, what's going Yeah, who's to servicing happen? it? Yeah, yeah. But um, how did you then – so you touched on you know there's still you know the, northers, the northerners are coming but <laughs> but how did you as a leader help manage that cultural merging between the two you know between um uh, you guys and the northerners
1: um uh, so a big one i oh know okay here's a, an interesting one and it's really really relevant when we talk about like um the modern way of working now and we were just saying like remote working and everything else um the biggest cultural battle we had was which chat application they were going to use. That was the biggest war zone. Yeah. So uh, Serbian uses Google Chat. Yeah, and then chatting their Google Chat stuff. And Vibrato had Slack. Yeah. And I had if I actually went to Tony, who said we're all coming into the one spot. I said Tony, if you take away their Slack, they quit. Yeah. And he went, that can't. I'm like it was very much a thing. There were fifteen people standing with me when I remember in the meeting, going, I'm telling you right now, you change my. I'm like, are you? So why? Again, the, Symbolism, cult, I'd say. the cultural community that where they talk was about to be taken. Yeah. So we kept it yeah, there. That's we, their community yeah, set, so, account center. So we just allowed Serbian to drag people into the Slack and others got dragged on the other side. I'm like, don't take it away from them. Let them blend and merge. And that was a, a really key one.
0: I think I, I've spoken to some some big CEOs before that have purchased some companies. And one thing one of them said to me is is when you move into – when either you take over a team company or you move into as the CEO, whatever it may be, you don't just come in – And start doing what you want to do. You catch it like a wave. Yeah. You know, you get on the wave, you go with the direction of the wave, you go straight. And then once you're on the wave and people are behind you and there's momentum, you then start to turn left or or right, depending on, you know, surfing this way, which way you want to go. And I really like, I never forgot that metaphor. That's a good Uh, one. Yeah. And, and I think that in your case, in that case, sorry, there was like a bit of symbolism is that, well, um, if they take our slack, they've conquered us. They, they, we we exactly. just have to do what they say. Exactly. And that. I don't want to just do what they say. <laughs> I want, you know, and so it's a, it's almost like yeah, a. Yeah. it's a, I, I kind of like, I respect your team for that. That's like, no, you know, we're, we're standing our ground. We're, we're a gangster-ass team and we want to, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're happy to fight for what we've got that what works for us. I think oh, that's yeah. a good thing.
1: Yeah, no, but that was, I mean, that was a key one. The other one was also, Um. you know, Tony made it his mission to make sure that he got to the, uh, to the level with every single staff member. He met with everyone. Yeah, all 60 people across the board and he kept meeting with him. and he was like, you are part of my family and my team. That's it, yeah? Um, so uh, he did he did a good job doing that. Um, but also, as an executive team coming thing, we also nurtured and fostered that. Yeah, so that was it. We made it our mission to make sure that everyone stuck around as well. It wasn't just about the growth and the numbers and those sorts of things we put together.
0: Is that when you got into – so was it after you finished your – after you got out of the Golden Handcuffs – was that when you got into investing in, yeah. and in the VC it, world? Yeah, or? it's a real question.
1: It's good. It's good. So I did. I moved up to Queensland. Um, i for completely uh, forgot. Yeah, that I no, I that. Spe- it's good. I spent a, a year up there. We avoided uh, Melbourne lockdown number two, um, so that was great. Uh, and when we did that though, the Queensland and it was a Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. That community is just um, rich with uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, money. Um, and when I got there, I just buried myself in that. So I met a group really quickly. So I worked with, um, Palmco Ventures. There's the guys, you know, uh, so Cake Equity, if you know Jason, have you heard of the Cake Equity? So Jason, the founder there, well, sorry, Jason, the founder there. Um, he, he, you know, um, also has the kind of investment group that he got together, um, literally starting over like WhatsApp and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, and then I just, they, you know, we just started investing in, in stuff. And, and so I probably, I don't know, I reckon invested in about 10 15 different companies but also um been a little bit more like a, an LP uh, even in the, in the Palmco ventures one i think they've invested in about 25. Um, what so LP? Like a um American terminology basically one of the investors limited into. Palmer? Yeah, limited partner inside of the um the we actual pumped. yeah, inside of their v, it's it's not a VC it's more anyway. So yes, um <laughs> inside of that, which is kind of good because um just again what i love actually my wife and i so Carly and i um said what do we what do we where do we want to be in in 10 to 15 years where do we want to be and i said where we really want to be is uh, i said i'd love to be sitting around a table yeah like at like a like a boardroom with with our kids walking through our investments our companies the stuff we've got the assets and just actually having a meeting each night yeah like when they're old enough talking about that she's like what not a boardroom, or not turning to family. I'm like, we are. Anyway, she got on board. She agrees now as well. Yeah. So often it's a conversation of what's the movement on that. I'm like, well, there's a three percent return, like just so stupid. We never had anything. She grew up poor like I did, and so for us, we're like that'd be cool because we
0: came from nothing. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. do it. Imagine actually having something, and then we can discuss it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. It's also like it shows that you've got, you know, you you involve your your wife, and uh, I just always think it's in people. It, it, I mean, there can be times where it's good not to, but but it, it it's so it, it's cool when a family celebrates as a family, a family discusses things as a family, a family's across the family's assets and investments, and yeah. it, it's just it, it it it's a good way to bring everyone into the fold.
1: I, I need to do it. So for me, it's it's more of an I, I'd fail without her there. So I can have a at times I'll have an absolute immense paranoia. It, stuff that comes from fear in running businesses. Yeah, like the, I'm sorry the business. Uh, owner says that they'd never kind of ever curled up in a ball and cried because they didn't know where the next paycheck was coming for their staff. They're lying. Yeah. Like you go through those times. Um, so you, you know, my wife was always that sport, not just sport mechanism. She then actually stepped in even year three, I think in vibrato and started going, no, shape it up. Yeah. And that's the only reason when we got to the X point, mind you, where she came aboard that it actually looked anything like, you know, sort of healthy and constructive growth side is because she came in. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. So for me, it's actually more of a necessity to yin and yang. Yeah? So I'm a, yeah. I'm a nut job and you need someone. <laughs> to, you need to someone. Fix that. That, yeah. yeah, stable. Absolutely. <laughs> and how did <how'd> you guys <laughs> yeah. meet? Uh, um, actually, St. Jerome's was a, a pub in in Melbourne. It was the dodgiest, dingiest place ever. Um, I was still playing in a band. So I used to play in a band. I do it internationally and played in a band professionally for seven years um, as a drummer. And on the, the back of that, she's basically Yoko, but um, no, but I <laughs> had a band towards the back end of that. Um, we were at this pub and she was reading a, a book and I read the blurb and I pretended that I knew the book. So I said to her, oh, and I read what I just read in the blurb. She goes, oh my God, you read this. Anyway, so then we <laughs> started uh, dating. And then when we actually got engaged afterwards, I actually told everyone a story that I had no idea what the book was nor do I read or anything else like that. Yeah, And she just looked at me <laughs> and she's like, Really, like two, three years at that point, I can't remember what it was. she's like. Really, that long? You kept it that long? I'm like, yep. I kept <laughs> so, it long enough where it was too well, late for you to you back can't out. Get yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <Touch her?
0: laughs> yep, totally legit. Um, I mean, it comes up over and over again. But having the right partner, uh, as a, I, I also believe too that you know, as a as or well, anyone that wants to achieve great things, but especially in business, you need the right partner that actually makes that possible yeah. because you do lose your mind and brain focus and power towards really one thing it's going to, and you need someone that can actually keep the rest of things around you. The other, you know, if there were six if like you picture like a circle of life and there were six segments of that circle, often your mind's just on one <laughs> segment yeah. and it's kind of like, well, I need someone to help me actually do the other five segments. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: I, I mean, that's definitely on the life one. In the business side of um, Jimmy, so James Manoletti, he's been a business partner. So we started the companies uh, together. Yeah. So even in Harvard. So he was he was the CEO for the last two years in Harvard as well. Um, and uh, Jimmy, exactly this, I would be the ideas, the sales guy, the person, like, you know, both. Tech nerds, absolute tech nerds. Um, but then I'd come up with all the 100 ideas, and Jimmy would be like, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. Two of those make sense. Yeah, so that, let's just do those two. I'm like, no, no, all this stuff. He's like, yeah, no, I'm going to, okay, let's just calm that down. Yeah, and I'm going to go over here, and we're going to build those ones, okay? I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, so it really was even, it's that, even that relationship. Yeah. It. yeah, it's the balance of characters. Yeah. You have the ideas and you have <clears> the logical thing. Oh, the worst yeah. thing is when my wife and Jimmy get together and they're talking about how bad I am.
0: Team up on God, me, because
1: they're,
0: <laughs> they're right. And I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm that. Anyway, shut
1: up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Neither we well, need encouragement. <laughs> when um, when a company's starting out, uh, like you know, when a startup wants to be a tech company, how do you recommend they go about uh, with an initial team? So, like, what What's the, you know, who, who do you hire? Or who's uh, important?
1: Uh, it's, a, it's a really good question. It, it, it sort of depends. So if you need to do a prototype, um, that's right. If you need if you need to do a prototype sort of thing, if, it depends where you're starting. Yeah, so if you've got an idea, I'm very big on, you need to get a prototype out there. Um, it's actually, I um, do some work with uh, the guys from uh, Accubits. Uh, so Nick's a, another member as well. Um, they've actually got a program as well where they do this kind of thing, where they do this, you know, uh, a program, to um, do the startup uh, getting a prototype up and running. It's a hosted prototype, clickable host of a prototype. The whole point is to make sure that you get the market validation very quickly, yeah? And it doesn't cost 500000 It costs like within the 50 – I don't want to screw you go So it's within the 50 grand kind of, you know, bucket uh, on purpose to do that. I really think you should do that. You should get some validation. Uh, and if you're building something inside a technology space, you, you, you then need to get someone on who knows what they're doing from a technology space. But I think – with a lot of the offshoring capabilities and other stuff that are there now, you don't necessarily need to build that team immediately. You just got to get it up and going. You've got to get to the customer Product paying money. Fee? For, yeah, just exactly. But actually get up solve our problem. However the hell you can solve a problem and take money for solving that problem. Not, doesn't have to be the whole problem. Even if you at least solve part, someone will give you money for that and go, Hey, at least did that. As soon as you get that point, then you start to make money then you can get investment. You can build your team and you run from there. And as you're building that team, um, uh, if you're not the technology person, let the technology person build the team. Yeah. Why? Uh, so the culture's there. You should be there to be the final you be kind the of cultural, cultural. You should be cultural ambassador, the mission driver. The, but the technology person person can really sniff out, yeah, how, who's real, how, who's fake. Who? what are we going to get out of this person? Because yeah. there's a lot of people who join going, oh, I'm this developer. And you're like, yep. Yeah. And you have a look at it and say, like, so show me some of the stuff you worked on behind the scenes. And they're like, not really anything. I just do what I get told. I'm like, yeah, No.
0: Uh, yeah, even so. if they showed you something, you wouldn't know what it was anyway. Like, oh yeah, it looks yeah. pretty it looks So pretty you do tricky. you do want to get even if you outsource and even you, you want to get
1: someone technical in those
0: When you said validation, do you mean validation on the idea, the concept, val- validation on what? You, you know, 9 out of 10 ideas that come to me
1: are shot down. Yeah. And the reason I shoot them down really harshly is because you've only got one life. Yeah, sorry. You've got one time on this planet and this time in this life like how you are, and that's the best way I can say that. Um, but if you look at it, the amount of time you can waste on something, I love actually talking to people and going, hey, I'm just going to tell you, it's really shit. Yeah, It's like, what? I can't see the merit in this. So one is the validation straight up front on the idea and are you going to waste a big part of your life doing something that makes zero sense? Um, the other part then is also the are you the right person for it and is it the right time for it? Yeah, so that's a big one as well is to go through and say, I see a lot of people going, you know, market fit go and test it. And if you're not getting the kind of uh, interactions from from customers that you were expecting or whatever else, it's not that it's wrong or bad. It might not be the right time. However, mm-hmm. when we first started, go back like seven years ago, it, was, it wasn't the right time. Yeah, so for the first three years, there was like we took investment, Blackbird in there. It, it was great as in we built it up and got it going, but it sat stagnant. And no matter what we were trying, why? There wasn't a big enough problem. Now, you look at security and everything else, it's, it's a thing. massive problem. Thank and, you, Optus. Uh, and now Harvard is like, like, because everyone's just going, no, I need that view. We That's really bad. There's sprawl. There's problems. I need the documentation. I'm like, now it's a painkiller and not a vitamin. But for a good three years, it was a vitamin.
0: That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So so Harvard, you really did have that long-term struggle of finding, you know, of, of, of the getting fit. it going. Just a fit for the time. Like we knew that, so
1: we were ahead of the time. It was a problem. Mm-hmm. We had seen that problem. We'd rid- ridden away. We were too smart. We were just too fast for it. Like, we knew it would be there, but we're like, oh, it's a problem. It's like, not yet. You're right. It will be. Not yet. So, but then you tell people, it's going to be a problem. You want it. They're like, it's not yet, so I'm not paying you for that yet. And now we've hit the, hey, it's really
0: a problem. Like, like, yeah. Nah, nah. Told you. <laughs> now, now you're paying. Now you're paying. <laughs> you pay. And do you mentioned Blackbird. Yeah. Um, have you – so how is it working with some of the large VCs? Like, yep. uh, are they harder to deal with or what are tips uh, the, you have on with The guys working from, with them? from Blackbird were,
1: were great. There's there's a reason they're one of, you know, the world's largest VCs, um, but obviously in Australia. Uh, but their team, um, especially in the early days, were, were awesome. So uh, Nikki and team, we, we flew up and met them um, and because we got like the, we need to get in front of them the next day and we paid a thousand dollars for ticket. We had no money. We had, we paid a thousand dollars for this flight to Sydney. And I remember Jimmy going to me, where the hell is that money coming from? It's all on my credit card. And when we landed, Nikki turned around going, "Well, we'll pay you for the flight. Yeah. Like you, so you guys are great for getting up here so quickly and all the rest of it, but you, you didn't have to do that. Like we know you need it's that money. Good, for the, it's <laughs> a good guy. <laughs> they're, good, they're good guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of the other founders that, um, we even had, you, you know, sort of at the earliest stage for, for Harvard um, that were angel investors, half of, more than half of them now run their own VC. Yeah. So they were, that, they were, that, so Harvard
0: was one of their first angel ones and they've actually got VCs. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Very so, cool. Yeah. So there's so many of them who, yeah, have the VC in place. You, you I mean, you've been involved in the raising capital and you've been involved in, um, uh, having a VC and investing yourself. What, are, um, what are some, I guess, essential, essential things people should do? On a pitch deck. Oh yeah. What are mistakes people make with pitch decks? Um,
1: You know, I think it's a a big thing is, you know, you're selling first, delivering later. Yeah. And you've really got to sell again, um, the vision, the bigger picture in terms of the, what you're going to change. Not so much like I'm going to change the world, but really prove more so than anything that you have got a painkiller over a vitamin. That's my big thing. Don't get me wrong. If you're doing a a B2C. So if you're doing a consumer market thing, you can kind of have a vitamin. People buy vitamins, yeah?
0: Explain. I mean, I know what you're talking about, a yeah. drug or a vitamin, but explain that to the listeners just in case someone's like, what's he talking
1: about? Yeah, yeah. So vitamins are sort the of thing. So if you talk about vitamins right now, you don't have to, as a human, go and have vitamins. Yeah? It's not essential to your way of living, but it's a nice to have and it can improve your performance. And you're like, actually, I should go and spend the money to get that improved performance. So it's a… It's a um, nice to have, not a must Like a have. perceived luxury type yeah. of thing. But if you're kind of ill, if you need, you know, water to survive, those things are actually, you know, and or you've got, you know, a massive headache, the painkiller is something that you need to be able to go past that next step. It's something that – and so I see a lot of businesses where they're having – first thing I do when I look at I go, um, painkiller vitamin. And I look at it going, that's a really nice that – that is absolutely beautiful to have, but people don't need it, do they? No. So it's not necessarily solving a problem, it's – giving them something which is great but it doesn't solve a problem yeah and it's that's a very I'm,
0: important and yeah. so in the pitch big you, difference you want to just
1: show people that you have absolutely you know killed a headache and yeah. if, you, if you're if you showing someone that whenever i see those where they're very clearly here's a headache and i'm killing it i'm like when it's really clear like really painted out in black and white you're like it's going to make money yeah because
0: it's killing
1: yeah. a problem like yeah ask
0: yourself what's, yeah. what's the headache yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah so it works Um. Typically, we finish with like a greatest lesson or book or something, but I know that you've got something even cooler that you could uh, share with us today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, lots of book recommendations. And um, if anyone wants that one, by the way, it's always I go straight to uh, the Gazelle methodology and scaling up. Cool. Yeah, so it's been a- They're both uh, great books. Yeah. Um, But I think, uh, so what I've been doing in the past, I've just um, uh, finished uh, authoring and getting the, um, uh, working with an illustrator, uh, Luna, uh, to get a kid's book. Um, produced, Yeah. So we're about to go we're, we're right now. We're signing the agreement as well to go into that with a publisher. Um, it's one of two books we're about to get published and it is in a, you know, kids book stuff. So it's, it's called a uh, moon balloon and it's um, it's interesting. It's my, my son, uh, he had a helium balloon going back a couple of years ago and we thought it'd be funny to let him let that go. Yeah. And when he did it actually disappeared and there was the absolute, I've never seen it on an adult, let alone a kid, the spare of this thing is gone forever. Yeah. So I had to come up with something. And so we came up with the fact that it's actually on the moon. And I'm like, you just got to get to the moon. He's like, then how do I get to the moon? And I'm like, yeah. And I just, you know, over the last two years, I've been saying to him, you got to learn you, you have to ride your bike and eventually we'll teach you to, you know, drive a car, you become a pilot, you become an astronaut, you go and get your balloon, Yeah. Um, so we got that all illustrated. Like we wrote it into a rhyming book about you know Charlie's you know going and finding his his moon balloon. So that's incredible. Um, basically,
0: yeah. you shoot shoot for the shoot for the stars. Yeah, you can get you can achieve anything. Yeah. So it's, what made
1: you do that? Uh, Luna's an awesome illustrator. Um, it was actually she was an employee actually from uh, Servian, and I was one of her um, one of her mentors. Um, and then she actually said, she goes, "Oh, it's always been a dream of my to." I'm like, "Oh, it's we did. You know, let's make some." And then we did, and then we created this one. So we've done a couple of, we created this one, and it just it was done in a month. Illustrations, the right, everything was done in a month. And I'm like, oh, we've got to pump these out. She goes, are we actually going to? I'm like, yeah, let's get it published. And so um, I'm working with uh, Candace actually from yeah, from Cub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so we'll do we'll do marketing with Candace and we've gone through a How did you her find publisher. did you
0: connect how did you find on her the app? she's on the app. The app oh, Cub app's amazing. The, the eh? app, anything. I just yeah. go to the app I'm just Bang. like
1: I'm doing this and then someone comes back and goes here yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, the app, the Cub app's great like that. Yeah. Um yeah, so oh, that's publish. a really cool project. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so going to get a thousand copies made. I said that I'll, you know, have them for myself. No, I'm kidding, but we'll, yeah. well give me Well, give it. me one because
0: yeah. I'll give it to my nephews. Yeah. So that, That's perfect for them. They need a bit of fucking moon alignment, I reckon. <laughs> 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 um, all right, my man, we have to finish up. Um, um, and I know you've got more book recommendations as well. So to our um, listeners, if you want to get in touch with Pete, Uh, uh, hear his greatest lesson in business tips and tricks and more book recommendations you can go to cub.club forward slash podcast and you'll find all the information there as well as the information uh, of our many other guests um if you want to catch up with cup on social media it's at club united business on instagram it's equally as awesome and my brother's actually taken over it and so it's gotten even recently more awesome um (laughs) he's doing a pretty good job actually tom's his name um and um, Pete, thank you so much. Thank you again for 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 for, for coming on fun. the show. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Love the chat. You're easy <laughs> to talk to. We don't. I don't even think I breathe through this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed the show.